The City Quick Connect podcast is brought to you by the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Hey, everybody. It's Casey Fields, your manager for municipal advocacy at the Municipal Association of South Carolina. And welcome to City Quick Connect podcast, legislative edition. Not ledger, edition. The dog days of the session are here. Oh, Scott. You know, we always reach this point in the session. It's like a month from crossover, the date where bills have to be passed out of their originating chamber. And it's just, you used the word besieged. Yes. See, you felt like we were under... Sometimes you just, sometimes you feel besieged. Right. Agree. You just feel kind of beat down. everybody's coming at you. Right. Right. But we keep we keep fighting the good fight. It is open season right now on municipalities. Not not specifically, but right before the House debates the budget, everybody wants to put legislation in a proviso. Yep. And that's what we're seeing. A lot of rumors, a lot of talk, a lot of speculation about what's going in the budget, what kind of provisos are going to be written, what um what could happen. It's just, it's exhausting. And the end of the two-year session, the second right. year of the two-year right. session, it is adds time. to the urgency. Yes. yes. So it, uh, you know, fortunately we have a, a good staff, good people oh, over at the yeah. State House advocating for cities and towns That's every right. day and doing their best to protect them as well. Absolutely. So this is, this Me have, excluded, just, of course. Joni and re- Erica and you. <laughs> we, have, we have reached a little bit of legislative fatigue, but... Yeah. We we keep going, but the, you know? but the, the house is going to furlough two weeks. Yeah, so yeah. that it'll be a welcome break for them and for us. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, looking that's forward kind to of that. a recharge, if yeah. you will. Yeah, a little bit of recharge. Yes, absolutely. Because we got a ways to go, but yeah, we will not sleep until the final gavel has been, which will probably not be until like September. Yeah, if it's anything like years past. Yeah, the the session just seems to go on year round anymore. So. Um, I would like to thank Vicky. She did send me some Vicky, vocal exercises. Vicky Ficus yes. from uh, um, she sent me Springdale. some. She sent me some exercises that I can do to loosen up my mouth and enunciate and get ready for this week's podcast. So thanks, Vic. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. <laughs> if anybody else would like a shout out on the podcast, just email me and I will say your name. That's right. <laughs> How about that? Scott, we've got a lot to talk about today. Session ended today. Both fairly short sessions. The House got caught up um, on a utility terrain vehicle bill um, today, but they adjourned. They moved to adjourn debate, which means they just put off debate until next week mm-hmm. on that bill. Um, but they adjourned fairly quickly, and then the Senate was not in for very long. They right. did. The Senate today did use a rules committee special order slot on the convention of states resolution. Yes. Um, so that will be placed in special order on the calendar for next week. And if South Carolina were to pass that resolution, we would be one of 30 some odd states. Right. Or we're getting closer to the 30 some odd states that are necessary to convene the a states convention for of a states. constitutional that's right. Look Only if hood. all of those resolutions are written exactly the well, same. Well, and as I understand it from testimony uh, about this in the House in particular, 
there's a difference between a convention of the states and right. a constitutional yes. convention. And the bill that is going to be debated in the Senate next week is a call for a convention of the states. Right. And I believe in our Senate, they are supporting this resolution based on like a, a federal budget constraints. Yes. So and that's it's all it's really just based on the budget. Yeah. So so the there, federal budget. There are several different reasons that are being put forth for uh, by the advocates to hold a convention of the states. Budgetary restraint of the federal government is right. one. And then just overall restraint of the federal government right. at all. Right. Uh, in general is is one of the other aims. So we'll see see what ends up shaking out next week in the Senate. Um so in the House this week, let's talk about kind of what they did. They went through bills on the calendar. They had an extensive calendar. They went through those bills. One of interest that they passed unanimously, I believe, yeah, um, is House Bill 4919. Tell yep. me a little bit about why that is important for us to know about. Well, that bill is the election reform bill that the uh, House had worked on after it passed 3444, which was another election reform bill. Right that went over to the Senate, uh, was returned to the Senate. The Senate committed that to the Judiciary Committee. And if you'll recall, 3444 had the offending language in it that would have abolished municipal election commissions. That bill is is uh, is not moving anywhere right now. But 4919 was another election reform bill that we talked, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, where they attempted in subcommittee or in full committee, actually, to try and amend some offensive language into it, language offensive to cities anyway, right. that didn't that that didn't get included in forty nine nineteen. So forty nine nineteen uh, got the endorsement of the League of Women Voters, got it, the endorsement of both Republicans and Democrats in the House, and passed on a unanimous vote in the House yesterday, one hundred and fourteen to nothing. And it will expand early voting, the amount, the amount of time right. for early voting, uh, six days a week for two weeks leading up to an election. And that makes it into permanent law instead of Correct. what they did for COVID, which was just exactly. a very temporary and, early voting yeah, period. Yeah, and, and the extraordinary circumstances of COVID uh, that led to many of the r- regulatory changes with regard to um, – early voting, uh, drop boxes, you know, whatever, uh, that the the state, the the methods that the state employed during COVID to pull off the 2020 election, uh, those, a lot of those things were not in state law. And so uh, that was a concern among uh, members of the House and the Senate. And so this bill will codify the things that election officials can and cannot do with regard to early voting, um, unsealing of ballots, right. the timing ab- of unsealing only the ballots, mailing, um, absentee, right? Yep. So it 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 clears up what is explicitly allowed and takes into account some of the conveniences and the changes in voting uh, methods that uh, that we use during COVID. Right. So, uh, Did you mention it was bipartisan? Yes, it was a bipartisan effort. All, the, all yeah. down to the subcommittee committee level, yes. it was a bipartisan effort. One hundred and fourteen to nothing. Yeah, uh, all the Democrats that were present yesterday voted for the bill. So, so that bill now it goes as, over to the um, passed by the House, it will go over to the Senate to the Senate Judiciary mm-hmm. Committee. They're the committee that deals with election law, yep. and we'll see where they go with it. Not a lot of time left. Not a lot of time left, but it did meet crossover. It's got, so got crossover. That's you've true. Got, you yeah. got till May on this one yep, that's instead a good point. of April. Yep. Yep. Um, 
Scott, now, Les, while we're still talking about action in the House, let's talk about what um, the House Ways and Means Committee included in their version of the budget. And this was in a proviso, so it was not in a line item Mm -hmm. that we included in the Dome, but this was in a proviso um, that was done pretty quietly and um, to the point where other Ways and Means members didn't really know what was going on. Well, let's just say that the explanation of the proviso wasn't as clear or... It just wasn't clear. That's correct. That is correct. To, to, so, to the point that a little bit of research and right. reviewing the provisos. <laughs> That's right. As we do, you that, know, that we, we always do. review the budget and the provisos. Joni Nickel on our staff was reviewing the provisos and discovered that this proviso that came out of Ways and Means with the budget will proposes to raise the ins- the health insurance premiums for the state health plan. Eighteen point one percent. I'm sorry. Is that one eight point one? One eight point one percent. You know, one time my husband, my kids wanted fried chicken, so he ran up to Bojangles, and he said, "That's a good thing." Hey, I'd like you know a whatever pack of whatever, and they said that'll be about forty five minutes. And he said, "I'm sorry, did you say four to five minutes?" <laughs> and they said, "No." 45 minutes. Here's an interesting tidbit. So that you I, said 18, not 8, not 0.18, but 18.1. 18.1% okay. premium increase. Here's a little uh, interesting fact okay. about Bojangles. I love interesting facts our about execu- restaurants where I eat. Our executive director, I found this out today. Our executive director, Todd Glover, has never eaten at a Bojangles. He's eaten Bojangles, he but never He's never had eat- Bojangles. He's never eaten at a Bojangles. He's never eaten Bojangles products. I don't know what to say about that. Well, I was disappointed to hear that too. I don't know what to say. Very it's one of my I, children's you know, favorite fried chicken, other now, than Bernie's on Bluff Road he did, he did. He did say that he was, he sampled a Bowberry biscuit and was... Yeah, and but you never had off. like a chicken leg from Bojangles? Oh my gosh. I mean, the, that's a staple of the tailgate. The two breast dinner is fantastic. That if you're was really deviled hungry, eggs. Are you joking? Switch that, flop that around. How's that? Anyway, right. so 18.1%. 18.1%. So this, this only applies to cities that are on the state, the health, state plan. health plan. Right. So Or entities that are on the state health plan. So if, if, this, were, if this premium increase were to uh, be adopted by the General Assembly as a part of its budget, then the, it wouldn't go into effect, the increase wouldn't go into effect until January 1 of next year. Of twenty three because the okay. state health plan runs on a calendar year for the, right uh, and right. Uh, and from Jan- January to January, January to January December. To December. I mean. So if you're paying a dollar in premium on December the thirty first of this year, and if this thing were to pass, obviously then you would pay a dollar and eighteen cents and you know a half a penny or whatever the the one percent would end up being um, in in health insurance premium. So that's that's a pretty tough lick. For no a lot of cities and kidding. towns. Now, the reason this thing is so high is because the uh, Public Employees Benefit Authority, PIBA, uh, deferred rate increases the last couple of years because of the effects of COVID in terms okay. of the fiscal effects that the economy was suffering from. And in it just and added towns. up to 18%. And so, and so according to PIBA, 18.1% is the number, and the number is the number. And that is to math is math. Math is math, and that is what would cover uh, the increase in costs that PIBA is seeing uh, from 
providing the health care, the health, the, the health plan. I want to remind everybody that this is li- literally the first step in the process yeah. of the, the budget process. So this is just the first step and there are many steps to follow. Right. And we are working all of the many steps to figure out how to help cities and towns, school districts, counties. Right. I mean, all, all the people that this directly affects that we are working with stakeholders and well, partners on on this ways and means not not to kill it but right to fund it <laughs> ways and means also speaking of funding put in a little over 101 million dollars to cover the state employees to cover itself to cover okay. the state's co- increase cost right. as a result of this premium increase so the state uh, you know state employees obviously are a part of the state health plan and so the general assembly says okay we're going to take care of that increase instead of you know, passing, potentially passing that increase along to our employees in some form, we're just going to put $101 million into the budget to cover the state's uh, increase. Right. right? Okay. But there's no, there's no funding in the state budget to help cover schools, cities, towns, counties uh, of that nature. So, you know, reach out to your house member, perhaps if you're having a conversation and give them an idea of how much that might cost in, in addition to what you're already paying for health insurance premiums for the state health plan. And, you know, if it's unaffordable, then there's nothing wrong with you potentially shopping your coverage around. Right. I mean, there That's are, right. you know, state health plan is not your only option for uh, for health insurance coverage. So um, now that we've, we've got that in the House, I'd like to go across the hall. Sure. To the Senate. Um, the, the Senate dealt with stuff on the floor this week. They did unemployment. Um, they had an unemployment bill that they debated on special order um, that did not take up too much time. Um, in subcommittee today, yep. it the comprehensive tax bill, Peeler's ta- income tax cut yep. bill was passed. Is that correct? Correct. It okay. came out of subcommittee. It's going to go to full committee. A um, couple of things that that bill proposes to do is lower the income tax rate, top income tax rate from 7% down to 5.7% for individuals. Uh, depending on what your tax bracket is, um, it sets aside uh, a billion dollars out of with the a B. Uh, yeah with a B out of the reserve fund to refund to taxpayers, and then of interest to us, it lowers it doesn't it uh, it effectively lowers the manufacturing property tax assessment. From ten and a half percent down to six percent, okay, it, and it does, and that uses state funds to cover that, right? Yes, it does okay. this by way of essentially providing a providing a credit uh, to manufacturers who are paying that ten and a half percent, and the bill proposes to make local governments whole uh, for the difference between that six percent and ten and a half percent rate uh, through through state funds. So uh, we'll see what happens. During the during the discussion in subcommittee, Sean Bennett, who's senator from Somerville, took the opportunity to uh, really, I thought, quite nicely and eloquently talk about the need for South Carolina to explore comprehensive tax reform. Mm-hmm. And he, he, listen, he's he's been talking that he's been singing yeah. that song for a very long time. Yeah, and you know, of course, Act Three Eighty Eight was a big part of that discussion and the and the the negative effects that Act 388 has had on our state since it was enacted in 2007. Right. Um, and, and then there are lots of other things that, uh, that 
Senator Bennett pointed out in terms of, well, just talking about property tax in Act 388, you know, people who are just getting started in their careers are usually renters. Mm -hmm. They are uh, being taxed individually high on their income taxes, but then they are also having to pay higher rents because Act 388 uh, taxes the 6%. Uh, commercial properties at, uh, you know, obviously a higher rate than residential, I mean, uh, um, owner-occupied property. Right, right. So um, th- that's just Act 388. And then and then he made it the case that, you know, when you go to the grocery store, well, he said, you know, young people, uh, single people don't cook at home much. So they're eating out more than, than other people might be. So they're paying... Uh, higher taxes through hospitality tax, sales taxes, those kinds of things. Whereas he gave the example that, you know, he and his subcommittee colleagues go to the grocery store and buy a steak and some vegetables and take it home to cook, and they don't pay any sales tax on that because of— Right, because of the sales tax—no sales tax on food. Because the sales tax exemption right, on, on food. food. Right, um, So it was a very good— Argument. It's one I've heard him make before. We'll see if it leads to anything. I I think we agree with him in large yeah. measure yeah. on some of the reforms that need to be made to our tax system, starting with Act Three Eighty Eight. Well, obviously. and it's always it's it's the bubble. If you're going to squeeze one in, something yeah. else is going to inflate. That's you right. Deflate one part, the other part's going to inflate. Yeah, that's right. And in sales tax exemptions, you know, not just groceries, but Everything. Gosh knows how many other exemptions there are. So hopefully there'll be an appetite for some discussion about it, but we'll just have to see. Um, Also in the (laughs) Senate, right. Also in the Senate this week, um, Joni, speaking of Joni, she testified in front of the Senate Finance Constitutional Budget Subcommittee. Mm -hmm. And that was a chance for her to pretty much repeat what she told the constitutional sub in House Ways and Means, which is follow the law and fund the local government fund at what the law says. Yes. And they, the members were appreciative of that uh, quick testimony and and just a reminder about what, what the law says they're required to do. And thank you very much. So, you know, if, if it ends up getting passed as a part of the budget, which I don't know why it wouldn't, uh, then take your, Allocation for local government fund today and add 5% to it. And that's what you'll expect to receive in local government right. funds. And I know for a lot of people. Fiscal year 23. Speaking of um, the local government fund and the 18.1%, a lot of people right now are working on budgets. Yes. So they've got to figure out yep. how this is going to directly affect them positively or negatively. So. Yeah. So we've got to wait on the budget to sit on the desk next week. Then they will take start debating on the 14th, which is Monday. Monday, Right. They usually come in about one o'clock on Monday, kind of go through sections and close sections that they don't have any amendments on, leave sections open that they do and then work. Usually they can finish on Wednesday if they, if they get going pretty good, maybe one late night, maybe Thursday morning. You know, talking about how, why it's important that we see, we get some decisions made with regard to the budgets because our budget season is approaching if we if we have right. a July 1 fiscal year. That's right. And going back to that 18.1% 18.1% increase in um, potential increase in health insurance premiums, we've heard or we've speculated uh, that perhaps some members would suggest that 
cities and towns use their ARP dollars to fund that right. increase. Right. But but that's a one time ARP money. It's not like we're getting that next year and the next year. Exactly. And and, you know, the General Assembly has told us not to spend that money on stuff that we shouldn't so that we can spend it on water and sewer. And right. Transformational projects. projects. Exactly. So right. I hope that nobody actually makes that suggestion. But if you're a an elected official, a city council member, or mayor out there, and you hear that uh, as a as as a suggestion from your member, then let them know. Hey, that's not that's not good budgeting. That's right. not good that's fiscal right. policy. Right. We're not going to do that. We've got other issue, other you know, other projects and needs for that uh, ARP funding, and we can't use that to fund recurring expenses like health insurance premiums. So next week, we're, we're looking at a fairly regular week. Senate times are a little bit different. They've got a joint assembly on Wednesday. Um, but we're, we're looking at a fairly, just expect long hours, usually in the yeah. House. The House floor usually, they usually spend longer hours on the floor trying to clear the calendar before they get on the budget that Monday. Right, because the budget will be the only thing they work on. That will on be it, and they will the not 14th. do subcommittee or committee hearings that right. week. And mm-hmm. then they plan to furlough, I think, the week after the budget. Mm-hmm. Um, or take that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday off. Um, and then we're creeping up on crossover. So then it'll get to be fast and furious um, again. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that I time of you year. Kinda sound, I know. You kind of sound like, well, I guess. I'm, it's the I dog days of the session. Look, I, I would love, if if you're listening and you are having a conversation with legislators and they tell you something that piques your interest that we need to know about, please let us know. Absolutely. Give us a heads up. Absolutely. Please, even if you think it just seems so minuscule, yeah. it doesn't matter. Uh, We're here and we are working a lot right we, now. So. We, we smoked out an issue this week that could have potentially been very bad for cities and towns, and we were able to smoke that thing out. Hey, we're not talking about medical marijuana. We're talking about something else. As a result of of good intel. No, we were not (laughs) smoking the the guns. But we did roll up that issue. Yes, we did roll it up and smoke it. We could go on, man. It could go on forever. But it was all a credit to good intelligence that we received. That's right. And And uh, strong communication. Absolutely. With everybody and everybody pitching in and... Uh, yeah, as, which I love. As we All as we it. used to say, I guess we still say it during the uh, the age of nine eleven. If you see something, say see something. something. Right, right, exactly. That's <laughs> what I, I love that all all day long. Scott, is that all we need to talk about today? I reckon. All right. Well, let me take the next thirty minutes and tell you how I think you need to lead your life. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. I will tell you that if you live in a place where you're COVID numbers are lower and you would like to remove your mask, please do so. Not that I'm the CDC, DHEC, or anything like that. Take it off, baby. Um, But listen, I know how you feel. Um, (laughs) Please continue to wash your hands. The good hygiene that we developed during COVID that we didn't necessarily have before, continue to wash your hands, drink plenty of water, eat your vegetables, get some exercise. If you're if you haven't gotten vaccinated yet and you still are on the fence, please talk to your healthcare professional. Talked to somebody yesterday who was unvaxxed and untouched thus far by COVID. Which, that's impressive. Yeah, it is very impressive. That so, is, that's like an Easter egg. That's some, I mean, that's some clean living right there. Which I appreciate that. Absolutely. I appreciate that. Um, just generally take care of yourself and be in touch with us. If we can help you or you can help us, let's work together and finish out this session with the bang and... Um, come back next week to hear us talk about what we expect to see 
in the budget and what happened this la- next week, I guess, last week, next week, this week. It's all, all the days are starting to run together, honestly. Weekends don't even feel like weekends. Take care of yourself. Come back next week. Thank you for listening. The City Quick Connect podcast is one of several ways the Municipal Association keeps you informed of the opportunities and issues impacting South Carolina cities and towns. Learn more at www.masc.sc and stay up to date with the association's latest happenings on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.